Hey, what's up? Welcome to Canucks Talk here on Sportsnet 650. It's Jamie Dodd. It's my co-host, Thomas Strance. Canucks Insider also covering the team at The Athletic. Canucks Talk brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Be a champion on the worksite. Find them together online at dleamc.com. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? 650. 650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. And uh, before we get to the whiteboard, obviously a lot to get into today. I just, uh, on on behalf of all of the Vancouver hockey media, I just want to say you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> we, we did it. We created a distraction so all-encompassing, so annoying that we drove Elias Pettersson and the Canucks to the negotiating table. You're welcome. I, we're open for, you know, gift baskets, edible arrangements, thank you cards, whatever you want to do. Or, or just some nice messages. <laughs> just some nice messages. No, uh, very seriously. Once again, the hothouse Vancouver media, instrumental in retaining star talent. I mean, we'll find out exactly how things play out this maybe. week. We'll see. In time. Yeah. But the... You know, I, I think there probably is something pretty interesting here about... You know Rutherford last season and the media um, struggles that like they they struggled to handle the media, especially around the Boudreaux firing. Mm-hmm. They were surprised by the reaction, etc. I do think the heat of the market sort of caught them off guard, and the the possibility. And again, we'll know more. You know, once the deal's in fact dried, once the ink is dried on the contract, should it in fact happen, because because qualifiers are necessary. Yes. Anyone who's anyone who's spoken with certainty about how this situation is going to play out ha- has uh, has been off. You know, like the main the main field for this, I think, is eh, it's a little odd. We'll see where it goes. We will see where it goes. Uh, but I do think there might be a subplot here where Rutherford, having you know taken a fair few bullets last season, maybe figured out how to use this market to his advantage. Right, uh, especially in conjunction with the trade deadline. Right. A fascinating story continues to unfold. We're talking around it, but let's get into it in the whiteboard. All right, now, fellas. Hey, let's focus up, huh? It is your daily deep dive into what's up with the Canucks for today, February 29th. A leap year edition of the whiteboard. We'll start with headlines, and yeah, it's a game day, but you know where we have to start. The news that Elias Pettersson and the Vancouver Canucks are talking contract, are actively negotiating a potential extension, first reported by Daily Faceoff's Frank Saravalli last night Heck on of Twitter. a scoop, by the way. Oh, boy. Like yeah. 16 hours ahead of everybody? Yes, well done. Very good, who reported that the Canucks... <laughs> Although, if you text him congratulations, he'll tell you, yeah, I'll, I'll accept them once it's done. <laughs> Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he reported last night the Canucks have made significant progress on a contact mm. extension with Elias Pettersson. He said believed to be in an eight year uh, on an eight year deal, which is fascinating in its own right. Now Frank followed that up and this surprising morning. in its own right. Mm-hmm. Followed this up, uh, followed that up this morning on his podcast with a few more details. Uh, he says he thinks the AAV will start with a twelve on that eight year deal, so total value approaching a hundred million dollars. Uh, and also now Frank reported this is we're going to dig through some different versions and some different reporting here. Frank was reporting also that he believed that Pedersen went to the Canucks this week and said he wanted to get a deal done from Rick Dollywall, our pal uh, at Donnie and Dolly. 
Uh, he tweeted, the noise in the market about Elias Pettersson's contract reached a fever pitch in the past week. Canucks management met with Pettersson in the last few days, and they got back to the negotiating table. Certainly not done, but they are talking contract. Now, there's some other interesting context and commentary from Elliot Friedman, and uh, maybe we'll wrap that into the broadsheet portion here uh, of the whiteboard. We, we can play that clip, but just... Big picture, your reaction to these developments and these reports on the Patterson negotiation strands. There's nothing more important for the medium to long-term future of this club than getting Patterson locked up. And getting Patterson locked up on an eight-year deal is ideal, mm -hmm. uh, perfect, right? Uh, it gives them real cost certainty. Uh, you know, he'll only be – there's like only one year you even remotely worry about. The, the prospect of cap growth. Uh, on an eight-year horizon is by no means guaranteed, but, um, you know, probably mitigates that. And and based off the fact that I think we're going to be operating off a $95 million cap in 18 months, mm -hmm. like the second year of this deal could be a preposterous value for a 27-year-old guy who's on pace for 100 points this season and being criticized. Mm -hmm. Like, Pedersen's at such a good level, such a high level, that he can be on pace for 100 points and the market's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Although my guess is that flips entirely now that now that Well, we'll see now though. That Although it depends where the it depends where it goes. Because it, but also it's going to be, wow, he's got a lot to live up to now, right? Sure. With the money, but we'll see. Sure. Um you're right. That is going to be a thing. Anyway, from a cost certainty standpoint, from a lock up your good players, from a retain your good players, from a, hey, now this club has made it through, you know, one of the most dysfunctional five-year stretches in franchise history mm -hmm. without impinging on their ability to attract and maintain this sort of core group that's the fruit of a ton of pain, right? A ton of high picks, uh, a ton of false starts. And that's huge. I, I think it gives Rutherford and Alvin a lot of certainty. It sort of locks in this, you know, Demko Hughes three- or four-year window, we're no longer looking at, like, hey, this might be their yep. best shot, right? Uh, no, it still might be. But you're now at least looking at a realistic three- or four-year stretch where you hope to be an annual, above-average team to contender level based off what you do on the periphery of your roster and, and what value you can hit, right? Mm -hmm. Massive. Like, massive. This is the biggest thing that management – Management's been on a heater for about eight months, but this is the single most impactful thing they could have done to actually lock it in, I think makes this year an unqualified, just like, wow, what what incredible work. Well, especially if they are able to get it done here over the next few days after there was so much. And, and again, it was always mixed messaging because as much as people would say, look, Pedersen said before the season he's going to wait to do it in the offseason, there was always a steady drip of commentary or quotes from his representatives that said well maybe we'll talk during the season at some point so there was mixed messaging there but still the fact if they are and we're going to give that that qualifier all the time here because it is not done um it, we don't know if it's imminent we just we're just going off what's been reported but if they get this deal done pre-trade deadline pre-off season that's a big deal because it removes one of the big pieces of urgency that maybe makes you think, okay, yeah, we've already gone out and made the Elias Lindholm deal, but if we might lose Elias Pettersson, what else do we have to do at the trade deadline in order to make the most of this opportunity? Now, it doesn't mean 
you can't go out and still be aggressive at the trade deadline, but at least you're able to operate if it gets done with a certain degree of certainty. And then then you get into, okay, now you can start looking at the Philip Ronick situation. Now you can start uh, dealing with all of your UFAs, right? You can start to plan for the future beyond uh, this year. And I think that has huge implications for what they do at the trade deadline. Then you get to the fact, if it is eight years, because we've heard, I mean, from Jim Rutherford, hey, Short term, whatever term you want, whatever term you want. If you get the <laughs> eight year deal done, that is absolutely massive. Well, especially because, again, you know, Pedersen's a rare player in that, you know, he's a center. He drives play, but he also drives percentages. He does that consistently year over year. The rarity of that profile, his age, you know, it's all upside. Going eight years. Uh, would you rather have gone eight years three years ago when, when it might yep. have been $10 million? Yes, especially because that expires earlier. But, uh, I mean, this is a phenomenal, just a phenomenal outcome all around. And I will say in the short term, you know, we Th- heard. That's the other thing, by the way, that people have to keep in mind when the, well, he's got a lot of, lot to live up to. It's like, yeah, but this, this was, you want to contrast this with the Hughes deal? Because one of them was the organization doing the right thing and mm. thinking long term, mm-hmm. and the other was the organ. Like, this is a situation brought upon itself by the club, in as much as it's brought along, yeah, and, uh, brought and, about by Pedersen. And you know, people using Hughes's salary as a as a comp, right? JT Signed, Miller's, JT Miller's yep. d- signed in totally different situations, different ages, different different contractual situations, all of that, different salary cap situations. That's well, not the risk, he, like the risk is also totally different. The risk is totally different. So that's just this is what the market dictates for this type of player. So again, that you have to go to this type of number if you're going to retain a player like Elias Pettersson. And look, I think there's a short term, a huge short term implication uh, if this gets done as well. Because yesterday we heard Rick Tockett speak about Elias Pettersson's play, called it sporadic, acknowledged that yeah, he's human. Of course, there's a, hasn't the, been the noise distracts him at some point. Uh, Pedersen talked about that with Ian McIntyre in a great piece at mm-hmm. sportsnet.ca. I know Elliot Friedman was saying on the Jeff Merrick show, like, yeah, it's weighing on the Canucks. It's weighing on Pedersen. It's weighing on the team. If you do remove that distraction, I mean, we're, we're what? We're six, seven weeks away from the playoffs starting here. Like you get that, you get everyone time to gel and get back on the right track and get Pedersen playing at his best again. Like that has massive implications for what this team could do in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, although he has played well. Yeah. I think people have made too much of his struggles. I'm not saying he's been awful by any stretch, but he also, like, I don't... Well, we're not seeing a peak of his career over the last month. He hasn't hasn't been the best centerman on this team, and I think that's what people notice. Mm. You know? But again, I think there's clearly another level for him. We've seen it. Sure. Constantly, right? And if this helps him get to it, that's a huge deal. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of, like... A lot of this is the power play going dormant. Now, he's part of that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this is the power play going dormant and the fact that, you know, he's on a, a really random and and unfortunate run of goaltending luck when he's on the ice. Now, uh, do we have the Friedman clip from Mer- the Merrick Show? All right. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about all the implications we're gonna if pour, this gets done. Now, having having heated up the hot tub, yeah. we're going to pour some cold water. And we'll we'll call this, we'll go into the, the rumor roundup, the broadsheet portion yep. of the and, whiteboard, I suppose. And we'll call this the yeah. But of course, this is not, in fact, done. And Elliot Friedman with some really interesting commentary. I just, just want to caption, not only is it not done, but at no point has this unfolded predictably. Yes. Right? And, and I do think that we should 
as a result, have our backup. And I will just say a also, little bit more than we uh, usually would. Full credit to like Frank Saravalli, everyone else. Tweeting. Oh, Nobody has said they are going to do this. Like, even Frank has said they're negotiating. They're we'll not. See. It's not done. Yeah. It's not done. This is just one that just my gut. This is just my gut. My gut tells me that this is one we should approach with a level of trepidation that's unusual for us, given how reliable this information and the sources of it are at this point. All right, here's Elliot Friedman on the Jeff Merrick Show. Right now, like a player like Pedersen might not be ready, but let's let's make sure we have an idea of what we're talking about in case he comes up to a day where he's ready. And um, I, so I think that's probably happened on some level, and I think they're working through it now. And... Um, you know, I think it, it comes down to Pedersen. If, if, you know, if, if he's ready, I think they're going to throw, obviously, a ton of money at him, and we have to see what he has to say. But, you know, the, the thing is, too, is that I, I definitely believe there was a conversation. Like, I, I read Ian McIntyre's story yesterday. I, I spoke to Ian. Like, you, you saw Tockett's uh, comments yesterday. Um, uh, yep. I saw Tockett's comments yesterday. Like, this is weighing not only on Pedersen, but everyone there. It's like there's enough noise. What, what I reported uh, on the weekend, and, and I do believe there was a team out there that made an offer, uh, and, and the Canucks just said, we're not doing this right now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just think the noise got to be a lot. And one or the other went to the other and said, let's try this again. And there was there's an okay, and they're trying. And, I can tell you it's a very legitimate attempt. Like, this is not people just talking for the sake of talking. Like, I think everybody here is really trying to see if a deal can get done, and and, it, and we'll see yeah. where it goes. But, uh, look, I think for a long time now, as I said, I think the Canucks have been ready. I, I think the, the reps at CAA have been ready if, if they get to go ahead to do it. And I just think, you know, it comes down. If, if Pedersen's ready, then, you know, here we go. Um but I, I think we're still kind of feeling our way through this. It's, I mean, look, again, I think it's very serious. I just wouldn't want to handicap it at this time. And not because I don't believe it's yeah. going to happen. It's just that right now, as I sit here talking to you at 10, 15 Pacific time, uh, I, I, don't, I just don't know if it's going to happen or not. So that's the end there from Elliot Freeman. I just don't know if it's going to happen or not. Not saying it's not going to happen, but just that he doesn't want to hazard a guess or make any sort of uh, declarations about it getting done. And earlier in the hit, he also said, you know, he's talking to different people. There are some people who say, yeah, this is going to get done and people he trusts. And there are other people he really trusts saying pump the brakes on this. Right. And I think also the dynamic of. Who came to who, who started this conversation is really fascinating. And also the other key point there that Elliot Friedman says that, again, and we've talked about this, it's not as if it's a mystery what an eight-year deal for Elias Pettersson would look like, right? So the the agents know, the team knows. I'm sure they've had conversations about, like, vague ballpark figures, things like that, without it escalating to an actual offer. So if Elias Pettersson says, okay, go, is it is it could it be, for example – the agent saying, "Hey, let's just let's get you for the first time a legitimate offer you can think about, and you can think and you can mull over that offer as you make a decision." That's very different than Elias Pettersson saying, "I want to get a deal done. Go get me an offer." You know what I mean? Like I do think that's a very important distinction as we try to predict and figure out where this is going to go. Yeah, and predictions on this one will um, drive you. 
to insanity. You know, this one, <laughs> this is a very singular individual, right? None of this has unfolded conventionally. Um, none of this has um, unfolded on a timeline that would match our expectations. You know, uh, a deal getting done on an, like, one thing about the, uh, he's a restricted player that really does change the dynamic mm-hmm. is an unrestricted free agent, the trade deadline's a real deadline. It's kind of not oh, right. yeah. in this instance. No, it's not. And yet, it appears to have pushed, in well, addition to the pressure, the some kind of resolution. The fascinating just kind of tidbit dropped in there from Frege was... A team made an offer. A team made a legitimate offer. Yeah. Not just like, hey, what's going on? But like, hey, will you take this for Elias Patterson? Yeah. Smart. That's significant. Smart. And it's very interesting. I mean, that is like... I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much on you know no. leaking and, and, and hardball and all of that, but... Could that be the kind of thing that spurs a player to action? Like, oh, like I might actually get traded here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that that's well that's, that's another really interesting subplot. That's here. why it's a meaningful deadline for a UFA. Uh and not usually for an RFA, especially one of Pedersen's caliber on a team, you know, not just headed toward the playoffs, but widely favored to win their own division. Um, so, you know, this one Petter, especially because the clear driver. Of the shape of how this has unfolded, is completely reluctant to elaborate on his thought process. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really do think let's just. It's excellent to know that there's progress being made, but I, I you know, I, Friedman not even will, being willing to handicap it, I, and I, I think, think is an instructive an instructive moment that we I should all take I'm, away. I'm guessing a, a, deep a, a lot of our listeners who are, you know, follow this stuff obsessively, listen to a lot of uh, a, a lot of Elliot Friedman content, whether it's on 32 Thoughts or the Jeff Merrick show. And you can kind of you get you get a sense for how he's talking about it. like that's a lot of uncertainty from Elliot Friedman in yes. the clip we played. He's obviously very uh, wants to choose what he says very carefully. And there's just a general a lot of uncertainty. I will like my initial reaction was seeing the tweet from Frank Saravelli. How often do you see that type of tweet and a deal doesn't get done? It's very, very rare. But as you said, everything about this has unfolded in kind of a strange way. So look, obviously, like uh, if you're handicapping it, it's much, much, much more likely today that a deal gets done than we would have thought yesterday. Uh, But you know, you never know. There might be time for a, a twist or a turn. Uh, at some point here as well. But we will obviously keep you posted with the latest as more develops. And uh, you text in 650-650 to the Dunbar Lumber text line, uh, and we will continue this part of the conversation. But we should just touch quickly on a few other things. By the way, Chris Tanev was traded to the Dallas Stars as well. So a potential uh, Canucks trade deadline option off the board too. Double retention. Yep. Only cost a second-round pick and a eh, prospect. Mm -hmm. Probably roughly the equivalent in the Canucks system to Elias Pettersson. Not the forward. <laughs> um, so interesting. It, it, should the Canucks have been in on that deal at that price? I'm just just your I, question. I think, yeah, my question. I would have done that to get Chris so Tanev back. I yeah. think so too. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Now I wonder. I don't know. I mean, is, Calgary is Calgary tired of <laughs> giving the Canucks players? Okay. Does Calgary want an entire Canucks draft class over the next three years? <laughs> Apparently not. Anyway, really nice fit for the Stars. Good for Chris Tanev, who gets a chance to win again. Sad for all of us. Civic holiday is canceled. 
Yeah, that's too. It's too bad until and, July one. Uh, and now they got to go. It's too bad too because I can't do my like. Hey, they got to get a veteran, reliable right shot defenseman in here in the top four. And and when I'm actually just being Chris Tanev. Oh, it's Carrier season. Yeah, maybe. no, it's Carrier and uh, Sean Walker, I guess maybe, but uh, Carrier. That's the new target here, the official right shot target uh, on Canucks Talk now that Chris Tanev uh, is off the market. I want to note he was always my official. Yes, okay. One. Um, quick line of notes. Again, they played the LA Kings tonight. I know we haven't talked about that at all. First matchup between these divisional rivals, possible first-round playoff matchup as well. We'll depend. Uh, we'll see how things go in the standings down the road here. But uh, optional game day skate today batch reporting that Thatcher Demko was the first off the ice so he'll get another skate and really the big lineup question is you know will we see the defense shuffle from practice yesterday carry over to the game we'll have to wait until warm-ups and puck drop uh, to get an answer on that Thatcher Demko starting yeah. fifth in a row I don't think he started five in a row all season that's so, very interesting yeah and um, his usage is really ticking up in a major way and of course that's with talk it saying this week like hey we got to find a way to get to smith in here he started to get asked about it a lot yeah so we'll see i mean they play a lot of good teams over the next little bit here there's if you're looking and they've still got stuff to play for if you're looking for safe landing spots for casey to smith it gets a little tricky and dismiss form is flagged let's talk to batch about it because i have some dismiss stats that i want to that i want to share that are and by i have them i mean i've talked to kevin a quick playoff forecast (laughs) all right uh, big game for the division stakes tonight because Edmonton came back, beat the Blues in overtime. That drops the Canucks' Fun Pacific one. Division chances to 68%, so still very strong. But they're moving a lot, though, with Oilers' wins. And so. holding serve is very important here, right? Like, if you holding serve is the equivalent to the Canucks uh, making up ground or in a way or, or, or stretching the Sinking gap. Sinking both free throws at yeah, the end of a basketball game. Exactly, yeah, even if it doesn't seem like that. So, really important. You don't want to open that door anymore. Uh, than it is for the uh, the Oilers to make it interesting. Quick gambling update tonight. Gambling update. The Canucks home favorites, minus 142 is the consensus number. Obviously, you can find them listed uh, as low as like 140. Um, and then the Kings plus 120 is the consensus on the money line. So the Kings, uh, you know, 42%. 42% would be the implied probability that the Kings win. 58% for the Vancouver Canucks. The total... The total today sits at six and a half with steam on the over, over six and a half plus 100 consensus. I don't know where the steam is. Well, it matters. It's an important part of the whiteboard. That's where the market's going. <laughs> no, and, and I think this one's interesting when there's steam on an over. I, I like to point out when there's steam on something where you can see the angle, right? Mm. What's the angle for the overplaying tonight? The angle for the overplaying is the Canucks have tended to do pretty well against spotty goaltending the Kings have spotty goaltending. Uh, if the Canucks are scoring a lot, could the Kings be scoring a lot? Some, some. It, that one's of interest to me, though. Obviously, both these teams are in the top five in terms of shutting things down defensively. Uh, by the way, to everyone texting in asking us to get a mention of the uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi lacrosse goal that he scored today in, first of all, there's your mention. Second of all... Daniel G! Yeah, we're going to talk to Daniel G uh, from Daily Hive, EP Rinkside, a bunch of other places. Now, he wrote an awesome piece about Vasily Podkolzin, so we'll focus on that, but we'll get some LeCaramacchi content in there as well. Former Botchford Project guy, Daniel G, does awesome work with video. He's done awesome work on like Tom Volander, mm-hmm. Vasily Podkolzin, and this is one of my must-read guys, and I'm really excited to have him on the program. This is one of those dudes who's just like in the rink. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy puts in the miles. Really excited yeah. to have him so on the look, show today. Looking forward to chatting with him. That's at one next. It's our guy Brendan Bachelor here on Canucks Talk Sportsnet 650.